Hi, listeners of the Sweat Elite podcast. Matt here once again. Thanks for tuning in to another podcast episode. And before I introduce this week's guest, I'd just like to say just quickly, huge thank you to the Sweat Elite subscribers that have supported Sweat Elite and the Sweat Elite podcast. And a special thanks to those that have subscribed in the last week since we released the last podcast episode, which is all about the career and training of female elite distance runner from Kenya, Betsy Sainer. Subscribers access all of the content, articles, research on the Sweat Elite website, which is thousands of hours or was over three years worth of research from the Sweat Elite team on elite distance running training. So we currently don't have any advertisements or any sort of Patreon support system set up for the Sweat Elite podcast. So to support the Sweat Elite podcast, if you feel like doing so, we'd really appreciate that. You can become a subscriber which is only one US dollar per week and you can cancel any time. And by subscribing, you also access all of the articles and research on the Sweat Elite website, which is, as I said, thousands of hours worth of reading. Also, quickly, just to thank you to those that have rated the Sweat Elite podcast on the podcast player that you prefer, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or one of the other ones. We really appreciate your rating. So if you have enjoyed the Sweat Elite podcast, one episode or more, we would really appreciate your rating. So this week's podcast guest is legendary distance runner and coach from Kenya, Timo Limo. Timo Limo is one of the most well-respected athletes and coaches in the Kenyan distance running community, and he's a very popular man in Iten, Kenya. He has personal best times of 144 for the 800 meters. He's run a 29 low for 10K, and he's run some pretty, pretty quick times in between. But what he focuses on mostly these days is coaching and more specifically on technique and core stability. He helps athletes such as Mary Kitani, Abel Karui, and other very elite distance runners in Kenya. And on this podcast episode, we speak a little bit about the strength training he does with those distance runners. He talks about the importance of strength training and technique training for runners of all abilities, elite athletes through to, sorry, amateurs through to elite athletes. We also speak about other things such as the benefits to growing up and living in Iten, Kenya, uh, a typical diet for the Kenyan elite distance runners. He speaks a bit about the importance of listening to your body in training and being careful with GPS watches that are feeding you plenty of data in which we've covered in previous podcast episodes as well with other guests. And we also speak a bit about the influence of European coaches on Kenyan runners such as Renato Canova and Brother Colm. And we speak about some other things too. On this podcast episode, I have a co-host in British distance runner, Bill Day, who was part of this Sweat Elite Kenya running experience that was taking place while we recorded this podcast episode. Bill got along with Timo very well in the technique session that Timo took for our group. And just a quick note, Timo has actually taken a technique course stability session for all of the groups that Sweat Elite have taken to Kenya, which is four now, and every single one of the Guests that have been on his in his technique sessions have thoroughly enjoyed the sessions that he's taken. So Bill wanted to jump on and ask him a few questions, so I thought it'd be a good idea. And uh, so Bill contributes to this podcast episode as well. Before I introduce Timo, Limo, I would just like to once again say a huge thanks to the Sweat Elite subscribers. And if you would like to support the Sweat Elite podcast and learn more about elite distance running training by reading the articles, you can do so at the link in the show notes or going to sweatelite.co slash subscribe now. Also, thank you to those that have rated the podcast. If you haven't yet done so and you've enjoyed a podcast episode of Sweat Elite, we invite you to rate the podcast. We always like to hear feedback as to how we're doing. 
That's about enough from me in the introduction. I hope you enjoy this podcast episode with Timo Limo. Thanks for joining another Sweat Elite podcast episode. We're recording this from Iten, Kenya, the home of champions. Today I have a co-host in Bill Day from the UK who joined the Sweat Elite uh, Kenya running experience. Thanks for joining, Bill. Uh, thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. And we have legendary Kenyan uh, athlete slash coach, Timo Limo. Thanks for joining. Thanks, Matt, for having me on this podcast. Yeah, awesome. No, we're really looking forward to chatting with um, with Timo and Bill came up with some great questions to to ask Timo in this podcast episode. I think we can get started with the first one that you that you jotted down there, Bill. Yeah, sure. Okay, right, Timo. First question would be, what would you say the benefits are growing up and continuing to live in Iten? I, from my point of view, I think uh, the benefits are, uh, you can attribute it to the way people are growing when they're small. Mm. You know, when in Africa, you know, people are like, go to school, bare feet, life is a bit hard. And, you know, going to school in the morning, maybe the school is something like three kilometers away. Mm. So going up and down, running mm. up and down every day mm. builds you to be strong. But in, in the real sense, you don't know you are training. So at the end of, 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 of your school career, maybe you don't, didn't get a job and you just pursue running. Yeah. And you just found yourself like talented, but you didn't know that running mm. up and down is the one which has been making you like being a good athlete and as well as the altitude and the food here because most of the food here, uh, the ones which are like processed food are expensive but the bio food are cheaper. It, it, it's like uh, different from the Western world because processed food are cheaper there, there and the, the bio food are expensive. So it's a vice versa and it's an advantage to, to us here as athletes and, and, and because the economy as well is not like, uh, like that big an economy. Like, you have a job which is like well paying and or you have an, a lot of money to, to be able to buy expensive food so the cheapest ones are the good ones yeah. and the bad ones yeah. are expensive yeah. so it's funny yeah yeah no great answer um uh, a couple of us were up this morning at just before 6 a.m pitch, pitch black uh, out on the road ready to do a run and there was school kids all over the road walking to school running to school and as you also pointed out it's very hilly around here it's even hard to find a stretch of maybe 300, 400 meters that's flat. And these kids are jogging and walking to school. And as you said, it's training without them even knowing. So by the time they get to their early teenage years or 15, 16, they've already got a lot of sort of, um, of running in their legs or, or at least walking. So it's, it's certainly beneficial to the, mm. to the athlete in the future. Um, what do you think, Bill? Yeah, well, it's especially seeing them carrying the big bags. And they, they don't even bat an eyelid. They no. just walk off to school. And we're used to getting buses, getting lifts, getting traffic jams, just getting to school. Yeah. Yeah. Kids are quite happy going off because that's all they know. Yeah. yeah. Like, for instance, for me, I, I didn't like, I, I hate running because they use running as a punishment for, for us in school. Like, when you do a mistake, they just take you to the truck and, and bound you like run <laughs> four laps of, of truck. I don't know the truck is not 400 meters. It was a bit like 500 meters. So yeah. you run like four laps. That's that's like running two kilometers. Yeah. So yeah. at the end of the of, of, of your punishment, you you tend to hate running, and yeah. you say it's it was like part of punishment. And also like you, like what you have explained, going to school with a very big bag because yeah. you have to carry like 12 books. Yeah. And it's uh, each book is, is 200 pages. <laughs> Book and then you have like uh, like uh, like the notebooks like like the big books the one you study like story history books all this 
So you you end up running to school with five kilos clinging on your aunt. Yeah. So it's weight a, training as well. It's yeah. A lot of training. Yeah. So you you when you go to running, you just like maybe it's it's, it's talent, but you didn't know you are training because everybody is talented on his own way when you train. It doesn't mean you have to come from Kenya to be a runner. Yeah. <laughs> you just you just do training. The only thing which is um, advantageous to us is the favorable uh, weather conditions. And the and the food we have we have here, but uh, rather than that, uh, we are all the same. You cannot say because, for instance, a lot of people like Saint Robertson, Jake Robertson, and Julian Wonders, they came here, they trained. As well, like Matt Fox has been here, we've been racing together in some races. So you see, these things are like happening. Mm, and yeah. then you know when people like come from all over the world, like now is to have this chance to. <laughs> Give you this uh, this uh, information is is, is is paramount to your mm. career. Mm. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about the diet just for a minute or two because I think that's interesting. Um, you are right; it's pretty hard to find the processed foods in Iten. Um, a few of the people on this Kenya running experience have been a little bit surprised that uh, you know if you go down to the supermarket, you know everything's or at least most things there are, are very uh, organic and natural. But a lot of Kenyans uh, grow their own food. Uh, vegetables, fruits, or at least they'll go down the road and buy it. Um, what is your, or I guess when I ask the question of your, but you, you, you're typical to most Kenyans here, what does a typical day look like for you in terms of diet? Like what would you normally eat for breakfast? Would you eat it before training? What would you eat for lunch, dinner, and so on? Yeah, you, you know, when we were like growing up when we were kids in, in the morning, you, we used to get like forced in the morning to drink some apps, like it's like medicine before you have given the food. But that was when you were still like... A, like still very young at the at, from like age of five, like age of two years to the age of eight years. So you are forced like compulsory to have apps. It was like a medication thing for like um, making maybe improving your immune system and this mm. and this. But after that, you given the breakfast. It was simple breakfast because of the economy of the of of, of the family. So it depends how the family has. So you, in the morning you get maybe a, ch- a glass of chai. With the leftover ugali overnight, and uh, there was a, we used to grow wild bananas in the in the in the home. So you used to eat you have it and uh, a banana in the morning, and maybe an egg, maybe an egg with yeah. an mm. egg. But it was just like for few families when you have like because we have chicken, so at least a kid can have a, an egg in the morning and a banana. So and then after that, you just we used to go and play in the forest. with looking mm. after the cows. You know there was a lot of wild fruits in the forest. So you know. We didn't know you were like eating this and this, like uh, we having like vitamins, all these balanced meals. And then for lunchtime, you maybe afugali or gideri. Uh, That's uh, a beans and, and a mix of beans, uh, potatoes and, and maize. Maize is the corn. Mm-hmm. So that's that's for lunch. And then then you just go back to your normal routine, looking after the cows. And then that's, that's during the holidays. And then in the dinner, you have ugali. With uh, with vegetables, maybe like kales or uh, spinach with uh, with milk. That's mursik. So that was a uh, that was like the typical. But but and for for like meat, you only have like once in a in one week, maybe once once in a week you get uh, like protein. Mm. But the other things are like uh, just normal meals. But it was okay for us because. It was, you know, you, you were, we were eating to be to to fill the stomach. Not to, we were not thinking of, of getting like <laughs> any benefits, but yeah. just to to be able to to make it to the next day. Yeah, no, that's super interesting. It's such a basic diet here. It's almost like 
you don't that's not what you focus on like it's just is eat enough eat enough carbohydrates enough yes. nutrients yes. then you're fine yes. Yes. um but yeah we've we've experienced it here for the last couple of weeks and it's yeah. uh we've quite enjoyed it though it's it's oh. been a good change and yeah. lots of us have lost a little bit of weight yeah. as well uh, most of us but um how have you found the meals Bill? Oh, you've, you've enjoyed the, them the food's been great the food's been lovely it's, it's quite basic but I think that's what I was going to enjoy when I got here. Yeah. So every day, rice, potatoes, vegetables, but it's always tasty and it's always good. Yeah. And I know it's better than the diet I have at home. Yeah. Much better. No processed food. Ugali, never had it before. No it's lovely. No GFC, Makes me strong. No GFC, no no, 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 no processed food, nothing in packets. The, far, the, the closest fast food restaurant or cafe from here is about 45 minutes mm. away. So, yeah. And that's in Eldoret. And even in Eldoret, there's not many. There's only mm. a couple. So, um, yeah, it's quite difficult to get your hands on uh, processed food or, or even sort of fast food. But, um, yeah. but I, I, got, I really got like a funny experience on my first trip to Europe because uh, yeah. my first food was, was uh, McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> I, reached, I, I reached there and then I was like asking the guy who was like taking me there like I'm starving man, when can we eat? And he told me like we have a McDonald's shop on the way and asked him like what's McDonald's shop? Oh. He said oh it's, it's, a, it's just like a meat and bread and I said yeah that's okay. <laughs> meat <laughs> and okay. bread he said. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. And, and, like, and then he just told me like we will they put some uh, maybe like some tomatoes and onions on it. Yeah. So yeah. I said like let's go for it. Yeah. So I went there and then I just <laughs> had the first bite it was sweet and then I was like okay let me get the other one and then it was like I took four of them. <laughs> four burgers <laughs> four burgers and then after like uh, after every week I was like man I was thirsty for this thing it yeah. was like addictive yeah, yeah, yeah. it was addictive yeah, it and is. then after after like after like three weeks I started, like felt like man my kilos are, go, are going up yeah. and then I was I met a good friend of mine who was like uh, a nutritionist and asked like what kind of food should I should I eat so I can maintain my kilos? And uh, he asked me like, what kind of food I've been eating? I told him, my friend, my favorite is McDonald's. He started loving it. And I was like, no, just leave that. Yeah. So, yeah. so it was always like after this KFC. And another funny thing was, uh, I used to go like for chicken, and there was like different. I didn't know what's bio and the yeah. other one. So I was saying this is the same chicken and the same. This is cheaper. Why don't go away for the cheaper one? Yeah. And it was like. All systems not go through, man. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a good experience, by the way. It was really a good one. And I've learned through a lot of things, so I know what's good for, for, for the nutrition. Sure. I think this is a perfect segue into talking about um, what you do in Europe, because we spoke about that the other day. Um, you took a, a technique session for the Sweat Elite Running, um, Kenya Running Experience a couple of days ago. And you briefly talked about uh, your time in Europe. You've done some racing there, but now you're also doing some some coaching over there. So it'd be good to hear a little bit more about, about that. Yeah, for instance, uh, I have a, a running camp in, in Italy, in Aosta Valley. And uh, it's really quite a good place because it's a small town and it's hilly and it's a bit... Uh, you can get close to the some altitude places like Javinia and the Mont Blanc. So... It's a quite travel, not like a far distance, maybe a travel of 45 minutes to Javinia, 45 minutes to Mont Blanc. And uh, it's a good altitude place. And um, there I have a school as well. I, I, I take them for sports science. I'm a sports science teacher at the TTS Central Studios School in Aosta. And uh, I have also a club I assist in, in coaching. And I have personal coaching for people like from all over the Europe. And uh, I have camps uh, once in a year. 
in uh, in August. Mm-hmm. And but it depends on the schedule of my of of my my my, my the company's name. I, I I built the head of Kenyan running, so it's uh, it's quite uh, like uh, we deal with different levels of of people. Like uh, we have the young ones, the older ones, the amateur, the elites, and the one who runs running for fun. Mm-hmm. So we have uh, like uh, different training sessions there, and on the sessions we offer strength training. We offer exercises for stability and drills, and mostly like the way I did the drills for sweat, sweat elite running camp here in Iten. It was quite. A, uh, for instance, the, the 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 drills are really good for for knowing your body well, for knowing which muscles to use, having like good technique. You know, most people work in the offices and they have back problems. It's not necessarily like the drills are for runners. It's for everybody who needs to be have like a good lifestyle mm. because you know when you sit in office in the morning you go you wake up in the morning you go to sh- you go to shower you sit in a toilet you just put on your clothes you go to office you sit all day you go to like uh, a snacks you go to take a bread and then you go back sitting and you don't run or you don't do anything you end up like maybe you have having back problems all this problem but when you do the drills it uh, it strengthens the body and uh, it works like really different muscles of the body and it's really bounding the body a lot because you really get tired by doing these drills and it's 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 like running yeah because even if you do the drills and you see after one week you'll be able to run even for a five kilometer run without even training for it because it's really a lot in the body yeah and it's uh, it makes you so strong. Yeah. So I like I tell people, if you get a chance to to do these drills, just check the web, Sweat Elite website, and you will be able to be doing these drills. Maybe once you start once a week, and then as you adapt, go twice a week, and at least three times a week as you you get used to it. But yeah. I will advise not to start on on the first week and maybe like do at least like one hour. Maybe start with. 10 minutes, yeah. 15 minutes, just progressing slowly once a week. Then after two weeks, maybe twice a week. And then you develop like that. Yes. Yeah. You've got some uh, good videos on YouTube from, uh, I think it's a, it's a school in New Zealand. Yeah, there, West... was, there was a school called Westlake. I was, uh, Westlake, I was, I was, I was teaching them uh, the, the drills. But I have my YouTube channel now, Coach, uh, Coach Simo Limo. I have seen, I've seen uh, and, videos, yeah. I have I have put that video as well on that place, but it's always saying Westlake School. But more videos are coming uh, in future because I think with Sweat Elite we are going to do something with uh, this running. Maybe we'll, we'll come up with a with a video to come up, and yeah. um, you'll uh, always be checking on the web, Sweat Elite website to see what's coming on. So you don't miss anything sure. from us too with Madfox because something good is coming. <laughs> Appreciate it. Bill, what were your thoughts on the technique session? Oh, they were good. It yeah. did uh, identify my lack of coordination quite quickly. Um, but I thought they were really good, very detailed. Um, and they were hard work. I actually found them quite quite hard. And it's good to know where my left and right is. That's um, something that I've <laughs> needed to learn. And Timo took quite a bit of time explaining what to do and what the benefits were. And I thought, yeah, I've got a lot out of it. Yeah. So, yeah, it was good. I think Timo said it well before. It's not, I mean, they're, they're somewhat specific to runners. A lot of the, a lot of the exercises are specific to running, but it's almost a general mobility and coordination mm. 
drill as well. So it's just good if you've got any back issues and so on. So yeah, I definitely recommend checking out the YouTube channel. If you type in Timo Lemu into YouTube, you'll find plenty of um, videos. But uh, yeah, cool. So how how many uh, I guess how many months in a year are you in in, in Iten now, and how often are you overseas? And, and uh, what's your what's your 2020 looking yeah, like? At the, at the moment, you know, like uh, last year, I was uh, struggling with a bit of of, of knee injury because I was I was overworking a lot. I was training and then. Um, Walking too much at, the, at my or the place I used to walk, and I was not getting a time to rest or, or, or given time to recover. But uh, I just like uh, just got started my own company, and then I just I started uh, uh, getting my own life, and uh, I got time to recover, and I started traveling, like uh, talking to some race directors, getting like small meets to just come back again back to running because my career was almost like going down but I'm still like still having a lot of speed and uh, yeah. mm-hmm. I did quite some races last year I did uh, a race in Milan and then not yesterday and then another race uh, the biggest race I did was in Monaco Diamond League I was invited there by the race director and it's uh, quite a friend of mine so I just did a one kilometer race but I did not finish it because of, of my knee problem and uh, after that uh, I got a sponsorship from a Juventus medical team uh, uh, from a doctor there, Dr. Sineska, and um, he just offered treatment for me through with help of the TTS school, and I got treatment for my knees. It quite costed a lot of money, but uh, of which I was not able to raise and then be able to, to cover all the expenses, but I was able to be sponsored so yeah sure and so my life i've been quite like after here i'm in kenya and after here i'm in i'm in i'm in new york and this year i'm, I'm planning to maybe like try with a few races from maybe in march maybe do some races in kenya one or two and then some few races in uh, in europe maybe start with low-key meets and then walk my way up again because i have to really i'm planning for like Next year, I have to be like really in full control of myself in terms of running, mm. because at the moment I'm I'm just helping people with rehabilitations, like uh, with strength training. You can say some elite runners. Don't yeah. be don't be shy to say some names. You're, oh, yeah, you're, yeah. you're helping some very big na- yeah, yeah, very yeah, big yeah, names. Yeah, yeah. At the moment, I'm I'm I'm, I'm dealing with uh, big people like Dixon Chumba, Apple Cruy, Eric Etan, and some. Few guys, so I'm helping them with uh, with strength training. So it's it's been quite like a, a blessing as well. It was injury season, but I was able to help people more than I was able to do them when I was in in full control of running. Yes. Yeah. So it sounds like you've you found it a little bit of a challenge to balance um, how much you're working with people with how much you're training. But of course, the injury didn't help in your knee. Yeah. Um, but uh, one of the next questions, in fact, Bill, I'll, I'll let you, I'll, I'll let you ask because you, you wrote down these good questions. Is mm. is about is about this year? So um, the, the well, what are your targets for this year? So races that you're going to do, will you mainly be in Europe? No, I, uh, my first races, I'll I'll do the AK meets, like athletic Kenya meets in Kenya, maybe one mm. or two races, and then um, I, I'm not expecting something big. I just want to go for, for a low key meets. I don't want to win. I just want to get, just come back to running because mm-hmm. I know it will take some time because I've been out of competition for like serious art competition for long. And uh, 
I just want to come back slowly, just build up my momentum, getting mm. back to the racing, and then build it up. By the end of the year, I just want to be able at least to just run maybe something close to my personal best. Mm. It's not something like I want like I want something aggressive or anything. But I just want to just to come back. My my main aim of this year is just to come back to racing. Yeah. yeah. So what distances? Will you be racing in? Uh, You've run pretty fast over a few distances. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, which yeah. will you be focusing on? Yeah, this year I'll be focusing on 400 meters, mm. uh, mostly in Kenyan meets. And then after the 400 meters, I will just uh, do one 800 meter and see what where I am and where the shape is. And then in, when I go back to racing in Europe, I'll be doing 800 meters and maybe at least one kilometer to just get my a bit of endurance for it. Mm-hmm. But I know it will be quite hard, but uh, I will be always like... Uh, giving my best yeah. on those distances and see where I, where I get. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. On the topic of um, of the time that you've spent in, in Europe, this is a big question that's, I guess, there's not one answer, there's many answers, but why why do you think Kenya is so dominative in the, in the, in the middle distance and the running um, and, the, and the longer distances? Not many people in Kenya would be able to properly answer that because they haven't spent much time with the Europeans um, in Europe or the Europeans when they're here, but I feel like you probably have spent quite a bit of time in Europe. Of course, the training methods are one thing, but is there an attitude difference? Is there is is it is it, is it somehow related to diet? Maybe we could talk a bit Absolute, about that for a while. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The difference is, uh, you know, in Kenya, when people here they just take running as a career, mm. and but in Europe people take running and they have a job as well. Mm. So in Kenya you have like total commitment to running. Because if somebody wakes up in the morning, he knows only the only thing I have to do is running. And I run to make a living. But somebody in Europe wakes up in the morning, goes for a job, and then he runs in the evening. Mm. So mm. He, is a prof- he has a profession as a job, mm. and he wants a profession as, a, as an athlete. So, you know, you cannot serve two masters at a go. So, for, so the difference, like the most thing which is like the one, the different thing with Kenyan athletes and the European athletes is the time. Because mm. people here, they get time to recover. They get time to sleep. Mm. They get time to recover from training and prepare for the next training. But ends there, you, you, you run and you know you prepare, you, have, you know you're in your job, you're tackling different ideas, different people, you know, in your office maybe you have a bad day, yeah. you have bad clients, you have good clients. And, and at this, end of this the, will affect your training. Yeah, of course. And yeah. at the end of the day, you just want to go for your run and the body is not like, wants to go you're still thinking about other things you're still thinking of how to improve the company yeah. you're still thinking of how to to make it grow so that's the problem which is like uh, the, the thing which is like the, the, the time management because you know in, in Europe you get time to recover you don't get time to recover and also like uh, the schedule because you know people here they sleep at night but I found like most of my friends they just like patching as well and uh, <laughs> And uh, like when they have like meetings, they do, they do it at night because they don't have at their time during the day to maybe to have a talk with friends or anything. So that's the only time after they run, maybe they meet on the run or they have like a dinner, they just talk about business, they have like one or two drinks. But uh, in Kenya, the drinks is uh, is just for the for the rich because you know you know you don't you when you go for a beer you you wasting your money. So yeah. that's uh, and the difference as well. We have different ideas according to beer because people there they drink for, for just for just small, but here people they drink they drink it completely like maybe they drink somebody, to get drunk. 
They get their drink to get drunk. Absolutely, yeah. that's the thing. Right. They drink to get drunk. In, in Europe, after dinner, maybe somebody is having like a half glass of wine. Yes. But here, after happen, dinner, yeah. somebody will take like a, a bottle packet. of wine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. One or two bottles. Yeah. Drink to get drunk. Yeah. yeah. Rather than socially. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's the problem. And you end up people getting addicted to, to, <laughs> to, to alcohol. I think you have seen like uh, most athletes, like uh, after they finish their careers, yeah, you, you give them like five or ten years and then you just find there is a good example of the old athletes they're mm. like living in a in a very bad way because of alcohol yes and it's surprisingly common for yeah. good runners to earn some money and then they they head down that path of, of yeah even like really, alcohol addiction yeah runners. even like uh, mm. for instance at the moment there is like really good athletes who are like alcohol has really destroyed their careers mm. it has really brought them down and um the, the funny thing, you know, you cannot advise an athlete to ask money here because <laughs> you will not listen. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but when the money is gone, that's when they will listen. Mm. That's the thing which has been because they have been there has been a lot of seminars, a lot of talking about educating them or anything like that. But you educate, you tell him something when he has money, he will not listen. But mm. when there is nothing, he will listen. Mm. That's the funny thing, but. You know, the career is going down. And, you know, running, you cannot run forever. No. You, you only run, maybe if you are lucky, you run uh, 10 years, if you are yeah. lucky. Yeah. But some people have just come up, maybe somebody comes up from nowhere and then he runs one or two years. Mm. And it's gone, it's forgotten. Yeah. You, and he maybe he made some good money. Give mm. him, just look for that guy after three years. You will not believe it. Mm. Yeah, the, life, the kind of life they're living is mm. not good. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So that's the difference of, of, of people. People here drink to get drunk, some drink here to just just for a test of it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, well, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I've got another question, which is uh, seeing as you coach elite athletes as well as amateurs, do you have any tips uh, for perhaps slower runners and younger runners that are just starting out? Yeah, for something I'll say, focus on your runs. Don't Overdo it. Mm. Don't see like, oh, my friend is doing this. I have to do it. Mm. That's you know, very good people point. Great advice. have different abilities. Yeah. So, you know, my ability is not your ability. Mm. People are built differently. There is people who are like work horses and people are like <clears throat> race horses. There is somebody you'll give him a very big workload and mm. he'll perform. Mm. And there's somebody you'll give him a small workload and he'll perform. But if you put all these people in one category and you give them same training, one will suffer mm. because, uh, for instance, for me, I do like tailor-made training programs. I just study somebody, know the, the ability of the person and give him the training according to his ability. Because when you, when you put some, if you have like amateurs and elites and you say, okay, I give you the elite training program, you will not be able to execute it. Mm. This is the problem that we have with, um, well, it's not a problem, but uh, we get people comment about this on, uh, about Sweat Elite sometimes because we, we, we study elite athletes, we share the information, and oftentimes, yeah. you know, uh, recreational runners will try these training sessions and they'll, they'll, they'll hurt themselves yeah. or they'll find themselves uh, in a world of pain, maybe yeah. they'll get injured, you know. Um, so great advice. It's, it's important to, to not um, 
look at what everyone else is doing. You have to tailor it to yourself. And I don't know if you, I guess, the application of Strava. Um, I don't know. If, do you know Strava? It's I know the, Strava, but yeah. I've not been using it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a little bit dangerous in that regard. Mm. It's a great application. I use it. Bill uses it. Yeah. I love it. But it's a little bit dangerous because you're always looking at it, what everyone else is doing. Mm on there it's a for those that don't know i'm sure many of you do but for those who don't it's a social media application that's about um all of your training that you do is synced from your watch and uh, you can follow other people's training and uh that's a little bit dangerous because people are looking at at what other people are doing and then they think i have to step up what i'm doing if i want to run as fast as that person and it's a bit of a problem so that's good advice yeah for instance like uh, when you when somebody sees like a training plan of kipchoge you sit down with your coach and uh, you analyze that program and then you can tailor it because it's uh, it's the outlook of of what elites are doing so you know it's it not necessarily like if he's doing 10 times 400 meters at a pace of 60 or a pace of 55 you have to sit down with your coach see your ability and tailor it according to your own uh, ability to yeah. get the most out of it because those are the kind of workouts which really works because it has worked for them. So the only thing is to adjust to, to fit your needs. Mm. It's not like you have to do it the way it is. You have to see it, get the idea of how they are doing it, and then you just tailor-made it for your own needs, and then you can do it. These are like, it's really good to have those programs because for me, I used to, I used to just uh, watch, the, I used to follow the program of Wilson Kipketer. Uh, the former old record holder. But I was not doing exactly what he was doing. I was checking the things. I was minusing maybe if it was 200, uh, 200 meters times, 2, 400 meters times, 2, 300 times, 2, and then 200 times 2. So I was the first one, I was doing the first set alone and then see where I was. Mm. And if the recovery was 2 minutes, I would give myself 3 minutes and then see. If yes. he was doing like in 55 seconds, I would do them in 58. And then I walk my way down there. And then when I'm able to, to really like, maybe I'm close to the shape of this guy, mm. I just try to see if I'm able to do it or not. Mm. So it's a, it's just a matter of adjusting and tailor-making with your coach because these programs are from great coaches and great athletes. And there's no other program which, which works from the universe or you just say like, I have to check a program on Google. No. No. You just, or somebody who's, who's going to study like sports science and says, ah, I'm online coach. No, just learn from the, from, from the experienced people. Mm. Just get the ideas from those. And from that, those programs, you'll be able to perform and improve your life. Mm. Yeah. And on the same topic, what do you think about strength training and uh, the technique training that you were taking the other day for amateurs? Would you so let's just say I'm a, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm new to running I'm I'm aiming to maybe try and run under 45 minutes for a 10k this year that's my goal um, and I just want your advice I understand that there's you know you'd have to sit down for hours to properly map it out but um, you know on the topic of strength training and technique would you recommend people at that just getting started to do that work or does that come later No 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 that's number one the technique is number one thing because oh. even when in the car industry you have seen like the fast cars it's not like the cars from 1990s or 1980s. So the, you see, like, the cars are, are built to streamline with the wind. So, you know, also in running, you cannot run like uh, you're running all over the place. Maybe the hands are dancing sideways, the legs are moving all over the place. The, you're, you're, you're leaning forward or you're leaning backwards. You know, you have, you have to have, like, good technique 
and to economize your energy and to, to reserve the most of your energy reserves because if you're like all over the place you are not able to perform technique is number one when you have a good technique what makes this technique become good by strengthening the muscles in your body to be able to hold them when you do this uh, strength training and and the drills you'll be able to know how to flex one muscle in the body because if i can ask people like flex your glute muscle you'll not be able to flex it because you don't know how to do it mm. because you have not you are not doing exercises you're not doing drills you're not able to flex any muscle in the body and if you are not be able to flex any muscle the rather the strong muscles in the body will tend to pull you on one side or or in another side and that's why you have injuries and that's why you spend millions of money going to doctors <laughs> going to these specialists and the simple thing is so simple learn the technique know your body do the exercises do the drills and you love a beautiful running career away from injuries and the money you would have used to 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 pay for those medical just subscribe to some channels and you can mm. just get used to these trainings yeah 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 no, good answer yeah um and i guess on the same topic um how would you recommend they get started in terms of um uh, quite new to running would you how many days in a week would you be recommending people be be running so we won't stay on this topic of the sort of amateurs for too long but i think some people listening would be interested in that um how much mileage how and what sort of training and then and as i said this is for someone aiming for maybe a 10k and also a 5k what would you what advice would you give them if they had if you well, had a minute with them? mileage is not the answer because uh, most people have tend to say oh i have to have like a certain mileage i have to have to do like 120 kilometers per week because somebody else is doing it no usually when you're starting like arsanamacha when you're starting start slowly start slowly until your body is adapted to running maybe you run faster on on a monday like once like every second day maybe you run on monday you skip tuesday run wednesday but you don't tend to start and and maybe at the end of the week when you start with five kilometers at the end of the week you are doing that kilometers no that's a shock to the body and then you have to start slowly build it up slowly uh maybe uh, maybe four times a week the first week maybe you start increasing and you you have to feel your body because your body will tell you like maybe it's it's too much mm. and the only place the only way to know it when you have done too much is when you're sleeping sometimes you don't get to sleep well or you don't have like you lose appetite of eating that's that's the simple signs of showing you like there is a problem in the body like mm. overtraining or doing something and people tell you like oh you're you're not doing enough you have to push to get this no you start doing it step by step walk your way up you don't have to start and say like i have to start and doing a marathon a small kid cannot cannot be born and given a, a bone to chew no mm. you have to grow slowly it's like putting a balloon pressure in a balloon when you have the balloon and you poke a lot of holes that balloon will be will will, will be finished yeah. so you have to start slowly by slowly build it up build your strength know your weaknesses know what your body needs and you work on on it work on your weakness first work on your technique on your on your strength and after that you'll have a, a beautiful <clears throat> running career out of injuries good answer one of your uh iten local friends brother colm 
uh, famous coach of, uh, well, many elite athletes, David yeah. Radisha, also the coach of um, Ronix Kipruto, who just broke the 10K world record. Yeah. He often says um, something very similar to what you just said, and it's about how Kenyans are so good at listening to their bodies yeah. and how they don't necessarily have, and, th- and this is very true across the board with all groups in in uh, in, in Kenya because I've, we've spent some time training at Captagat with the, with the NN group and also with Brother Colm's group. They have a training program laid out for them, but they don't necessarily always stick to it exactly because it depends on how they're feeling all the time. And uh, Brother Colm also said, and I'd like to hear your opinion about this, he said that uh, the GPS watches, you have to be careful with them because if you're always tracking everything that you're doing with your paces and your heart rate and everything, you can lose that ability to listen to your own body a bit. Um, is that is that would you agree with that or I, I absolutely agree with it because yeah. for me through all my run careers I've never had a GPS watch this is my first watch I bought it uh, what is that watch it's this a... is a, a Garmin 945 I yep. bought it last last year yep. uh, for 500 euros but it was uh, I just bought it because I, 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 I saw the feel of like people having it but uh, Wait, I haven't, I haven't used the GPS one. I had always like using the stopwatch in, in doing my repetition because uh, I got used to listening to my body too much than listening. Because there was a time I was, uh, I, I just tried the heartbeat and it was telling me like my heartbeat is with, like at 200 and it's like too much. And I was not feeling anything. Yeah, yeah. It was like, like, and it told me like to recover for 48 hours. And I was saying like, Really? It was telling you to take take two days off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, after my my session, I was recovered like in five minutes. And it's telling me like, yeah, to recover uh, 48 hours. And it was telling me like, I have like, so it was, it was different. Yeah. So I would rather say like, don't follow like really what the watch is saying. Listen to your body. Because people are stick to like, oh, the heart rate, the aerobic or anaerobic, all this, uh, the cadence. No, you just like. A lot of the a lot of the best Kenyan runners don't know much about no, those training there, there systems. Was, there and... was really no technology in, in running, but I would I'd rather attribute it to like businesses in uh, these companies. They want to make money, and uh, the only way to make money is to brainwash you to believe on something. And when you believe on something, you know, you know, people have to believe on something in this world. People believe on on on, on churches. People believe on other people, and people believe on um, on, on on some artifacts or materials. So, you know, you have to believe on something. But uh, before you believe on your watch, eh, yeah. just listen to your body first. Yes. And uh, because that's number one, and that's the one which is so accurate than these mm. sciences. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, another question which leads on from talking about Brother Colm is with the current and previous crop of world-class Kenyan runners, how much of an influence do you think the European coaches have had? For example, Renato Renato Cavana, yeah, if I can say it properly, and Brother Colm, etc. Yeah, I think uh, like uh, people have like, like if you see like Brother Colm and Renato Canova, these guys have left the other lifestyle and really focused on running. And Mm. uh, it's just the drive of, and the passion of running which has like uh, brought these coaches to this extent. Because you know, when you have passion on something and you pursue it, because you know, if you talk to Kanova, the only thing he loves is running. Mm. And he had, he was in Kenya, and then he went to to just coach Chinese at least for some time, and then he came back and he asked him, coach, why you do you, 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 you there is good money in in in, in China and in Kenya? He said, Timo, my I'm not focusing on money. I love running. 
and I love beautiful runners. And the only place which my my mind and my everything will will be settled is Kenya. Mm -hmm. And he and he just like hey, running is my life. Likewise to Prata I can attribute like uh, to Prata like he's not only a coach. He's a mentor. He's like a father mm -hmm. because he advises people on their life before he's, he's your coach. Yes, but he's, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's he will advise you on NF everything concerning life. Mm -hmm. It will advise you spiritually, mentally, and all this. So it's not like um, just uh, normal coaches, you know, because in Kenya, the coaches, you know, is uh, you find in the truck a coach with a stopwatch, with a very big stomach. And you say, <laughs> hey, go for this, do this. They never went to track. They don't know what running is, but they will force you to do something. That's why I refuse to be coached. I say like, no, if you don't, if you have never had a career in running, you cannot coach me because... Mm -hmm. How can you lead a blind man and you are blind yourself? Mm. <laughs> you, because you cannot lead anybody further than you have gone yourself. Mm. That's the thing. Yeah. So for me, yeah. I would say like, these coaches with big stomach, they should stop and, and leave, give the chance to <laughs> coaches to know what running is. So for Prada Colum, he's, he's still a mentor. And he's, he's, he's changed lives to a lot of people. Yeah. No, great. Yeah. Um, as we wrap up the podcast, I'd like, um, I have noticed um, in the last week since we've been chatting quite a bit that you've been helping people find accommodation here in Iten, yeah. which can be a little bit of a challenge, especially in the, the months that are more busy. <laughs> yeah. So if people want to reach out to you and they want to get your advice about if it's training or if it's accommodation or if it's getting to... Uh, to attend to do some training, how would they how would they go about doing that? Is Instagram? You've got yeah, a big yeah. following on Instagram. You're very yeah, yeah. you're very motivational on there. I, I quite like yeah. uh, reading your posts. Yeah, for for myself, you you can reach me on Instagram, Timolimo eight hundred. So mostly of my I'm always on Instagram, and uh, most of my advices and everything are on Instagram. Even you text me, I'll reply to you. So you just check me on Timolimo eight hundred on Instagram. I'm always there. For accommodations in Italy is a uh, you don't need to 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 come to Iten and Iten uh, is quite a good town. It's friendly, security is okay. You don't need to come and pay as if you are in a in a, in a hotel in Europe. There is a lot of accommodations which uh, you can get it a full boat for twenty four euros. A very good accommodation. You can get a place for twelve euros per day, full boat. Then you can get a place for thirty five euros a day. So. There's options. There's a lot of places in Iten. So you, you just don't worry like, oh, I have to have maybe 2,000 euros to survive in Iten. No. no. You, can, you can come. There is a lot of people in Iten now. There is a lot of uh, houses being built by some of my friends here. Some of them from Europe. Some of them from Kenya. Some of them have married uh, Kenyans. So it's quite a good place here and you can really get a lot of accommodations. Just... The issue is most of them aren't yeah. online. That's the yeah. only problem. Yeah, they're, they're private. But but yeah. I, I recommend if you, you if you're interested in a cheaper option, the ones that you find online, yeah. there are two hotels here that are that, that are fine. But Kerio View is great. It, it yeah. is expensive, but it's yeah. it's a great hotel. Yeah. Um, uh, we won't talk about the other one. But um, <laughs> there's plenty of good uh, local guest houses, uh, and I definitely recommend getting in touch with Timo if you want to find out more about them because you know seems to know everyone here and how, yeah. how it all works, the I prices was, and stuff. I was born here. This is, you were born here. Yeah, I lived my, the rest of my life in Italy. Yeah. I know everybody in Italy. Yeah. I know the big and the small. I am friends with the big and the small. And it's a very nice place to yeah. go to. And you need anything, it's easy. It's simple. 
You need a, a, a Uber or a, a taxi. It's simple. Yeah. You go to track. It's just twenty. It's, it's just like a, the transport is maybe twenty euros, and you reach your destination. Mm. Ten euros, and you reach your destination. So there's a quite a lot of accommodations here, and uh, you just shout out, and we'll 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 be glad to help you in all your needs. I okay. think we are able to cover what you, you what you need here. Yeah. When you have any questions, just shout out. Just uh, follow me at Timolimo800 in uh, Instagram. I'm there. And whatever questions you have, just shout out. Or you just talk to Sweat Elite and they're always in touch with me. So yeah. with anything, sure. we're there. Thanks a lot for your time, guys. Bill, you got anything else to add while we wrap this up? No, no. I no. think that's good. It's been yeah. great. You great to hear from you. Yeah, had so, some great questions. Yeah, in it's pretty good. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. Thanks again for joining, Timo. Welcome.